there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. This morning's message is entitled, Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Today, God is calling his church out. He's calling us out because he's done this a million times before where people have sensed him but don't know what to do with it. You ever were in a weird situation, maybe a weird conversation, you didn't know what to do with yourself? You ever were, have you ever been in a weird conversation where someone walked in and said something strange? I mean, know what I'm talking about. You ever were in a weird conversation, someone said something strange, you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Right? So everybody has a member in their family like that or a member at work like that. How many know what I'm talking about? This that person that says something weird and you're like, where did you come up with that? Or a situation that happens in your life and you're like, how do I respond to that? Or somebody responds, you know, you, you put something uh, uh, funny and someone responds online with a sad face. And you're like, what in the world? You just, you kind of scratch your head and you go, how do I respond to that? Here's what I realized, that the world is scratching their head right now, wondering, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with a virus that seems so much bigger than me? How do I deal with job loss? How do I deal with finances that, that are seemingly so ginormous, I don't even know how to deal with it? How do I deal with it? How do I deal with a situation between me and my spouse? How do I process the dangers? How do I navigate the strange year that is 2020? Friend, you are not alone. We all stand here scratching our head going, how do we process this? And how can we get through 2020 and just move on and forget this year ever happened? But you know what? It happened. And guess what? Good things happen too. Great things happen too. We're living in a day where, where God is sifting out and separating those who truly want him from those who casually tolerate him. I'm going to let that marinate for a moment because Hispanics like marinating things. I know. I'm going to let it marinate for a moment because that's, what's, that's a real truth. There are people that love God. And there are people that tolerate God. I don't know where you stand in that spectrum. But you cannot tolerate God and expect him to work on your behalf. That's American Christianity that is flawed. That is not New Testament faith. Right? The men that were at the breakfast yesterday know what we're talking about. This thing that we call faith is unstoppable. That's the train I want to be on. That's the, that's the place I want to reside. And on a train that is unstoppable. Today there is a need for truth. Not just a desire, a need for truth. And there's a desperate hunger building up within the world that the Christians are going, what do I do with this? Truth. How do I process this? Truth. Stand for truth. 
The world desperately needs and is searching for Jesus. They just don't know it. They've been so skewed and scarred and marred by religion that they call themselves anti-religion because they never met the true Jesus. Because some of us have failed to show the true Jesus. And I'm not pointing any fingers in any direction because if there's anybody in this room that can point fingers, it'd be me to myself. I can point at myself at times I did not honor him the way I should have. Ways I responded I should not have. We all have, right? There's not a single person in this room that can say, I come before God free from sin from day one. I, there's nothing I've really ever done wrong. My wife will attest to this. That I can't go before God this way. I just can't. And so I know that there's a place right now where it seems impossible to go before him and say, I don't know what to pray. Because there's times that we don't know how to pray, right? How many of you have went before God recently and said, I don't even know how to pray right now? There's so many issues. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to approach. I don't know how to go. How about you just get in his presence and let him show you so that you know how to pray? See, we want to figure it out before we get in his presence. You know what I'm talking about? We want to figure it out before we get there. But I want to tell you something right now. If you try to figure it out before you get in his presence, you're already doomed to repeat everything you've ever done wrong. I'm preaching right now. I'm going to do it. If you get, if you say, I'm going to know it, and then I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to God and say, the Lord, I know exactly how to pray for this right here, right now. You missed it. You missed it. You have to get in him. Why? Why did Jesus prefer Mary over Martha? Why? Why? Mary wanted to do before she got to Jesus. Mary wanted to task before she went to Jesus. She went to the task before she went to Jesus. Mary went right to his feet and he's like, don't you dare ask me to correct this woman. She's done what is right. She came to me first because if you come to him and you say, God, teach me how to pray. You know, the disciples never asked Jesus. Did you ever notice this? The disciples never asked Jesus, teach me how to preach. The disciples never came to Jesus, teach me how to sing. The disciples never said, teach me how to play the triangle. I believe in some manuscript they t that some of the disciples maybe came to Jesus to ask him how to play the maracas because that is an amazing instrument right there. <laughs> I just picked the most random Hispanic instrument. But you follow what I'm saying? He said, teach me how to pray. Teach us how to. Yet the, the one thing that Christians have a trouble with is And we wonder why we fall away. And we wonder why we feel distant. When I start to feel distant, I ask myself the hard question. How have I prayed about this? Hebrews 5, 11 through 13. We're talking about being unstoppable. Let's talk about Hebrews for a moment. Hebrews warns us against falling away. He says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand 
In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. You may have the biggest trouble following Jesus because you should have been at a different place, but you are still sipping milk when you should have been further along. So he warns us. He warns us. It's clear because you no longer try to understand. I want you to look at that real quick. The first verse of verse 11 at the end of that, it says, because you no longer try. I want to stop there for a moment. We're living in a day and age where people no longer try. Can I have the house lights up for just a little bit? I need need to see some faces here this morning. And I need you to understand something. We need to live in a day right now where people try. You can sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. You can wait, sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. But why don't you try? Why don't you do see there is where the church is today the extension of hope and an unstoppable bride of the unstoppable god he is calling us the unstoppable bride to follow an unstoppable god how many believe that god is unstoppable but did you know that you too are unstoppable The only problem we have is that we stop ourselves. We stop ourselves by not feeding ourselves the proper vitamins and nutrients, not just physically, spiritually. If the only time you crack open your Bible is on Sunday, try harder. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching, Todd? I'm preaching. Because we all need to try harder. You say, well, Pastor Tony, that's a little opposite what you just told me. You just said, don't go to task, go to Jesus. When you get there, try to understand the heart of God. And that means, God, I'm here in your presence. Show me how to love my neighbor like I love myself. Go beyond you. So I got a couple points that I want to share with you. I want to talk about Hebrews 6 for a moment because Hebrews 6 tells us, verses 11 and 12, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. You see, the writer here of Hebrews, which some believe is Paul, and, and to be honest with you, um, you know that's not necessarily significant at the moment, but the writer says this, each of you show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. The things that you hope for has to come by trying to want him, know him. Verse 12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. There's a promise, and I can't tell you how many times promises have been left on this altar Sunday after Sunday. Everyone look at me for a moment. Every mature believer and every visitor and every person that does not know Jesus, every person that doesn't care to know Jesus, you're just here because of a baptism. Every person that is streaming online, you don't even know who Jesus is. Hear me and hear me closely because God loves every one of you the exact same. 
And I want to tell you something right here, right now. Let me make this crystal clear. The fact that God loves you is the fact that God is, how he's done that, he's shown it by laying out gifts. And he says, if you come to me, I will give you this. If you come to me, I will give you peace. I will give you joy. I will give you a call that is beyond any call any man can give you. See, I can give you an opinion, but God will give you a purpose. I can give you opportunity, but God gives you power beyond anything that we could ever imagine. Let me jump into 1 Corinthians before I get into my point here. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Do you not know that that in a race, all the runners run? Any runners in the house? When you run, do you go, man, I can't wait to come in last place? Anybody ever ran like that? I'm not saying that you ran in last place because you may have tried to be first, but you maybe you ended up like. Listen, nobody runs a race going, I can't wait to get last place. It's awesome. Right? You don't think that way. You don't think, man, you don't go into a baseball game and say, man, I hope we get whooped by like 20 runs. Nobody. We win we, we run to win. And he says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. This is what's interesting. Paul's relating a sports theme to this. And this is interesting because he goes, they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it. Somebody say, but we do it. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. If you're here listening to me right now, I want, you to, I want you to know something. God wants you to run for the crown. Run to win. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. You know, I thought about this verse. Think about this for a moment. He's talking about a boxer, right? And then he says, I beat my body. You know what that means? I, I train in such a way so that if someone, when someone hits me, I'm not surprised by getting hit. Why do you think boxers spar with other boxers that are stronger than them? Bigger than them? Because if I can take a blow from this guy, somebody in my weight class won't stand a chance because I can take their hits anytime. I, you know, with my children, I, I, like to train, I like them to train with people bigger than them. My son is a phenomenal basketball player. He's really getting better and better. every, every It feels like every uh, couple months he just ex- excels. And he starts to play with bigger guys. And I love watching him play with bigger guys. Uh, number one, because they're, and a lot of them are better than him. And so I realized, man, he's you're gonna train, train with some of the best, right? Train with some people. Secondly, when he starts to play people his size, the game changes right there. So Paul says, let me let me bring it back to the to the scripture. He says, I beat. He says, uh, uh, no, I strike a blow to my body. Other versions say, I beat my body. Why? Because I don't want to get shocked when I get punched. I don't want to get shocked when something comes upon me that I didn't expect. When, when a circumstance happens that's beyond me, I don't want to get shocked. 
because I've already trained in such a way that doesn't shock me. If I keep getting hit, keep getting hit in practice, when I get into a real fight, when I get into the ring for an actual prize, when they hit me, it's just like a continuation. The problem is, many of us, we don't touch God through the week. And then when God, when, when something happens, we go to God, we go, I didn't expect that. A slight hit happens to us and we're like, whoa, whoa, what, what happened? And you hear what I'm saying? You're not used to getting hit. You're not used to that. I remember when I, when I was uh, working on this building, and, and Clark, you know what, I'm, what we're talking about. We did a lot of construction in this building. Those of you that were around during this time, Amy, you were pulling carpet too back there, like a champ. Like, I got a picture of the such. We may put it online. I'm not sure. I'm kidding, but I'm serious. No, but... But right, we, we were working, and there were times that I would, they were like, oh, we need to nail this, or we need to, uh, we need to put drywall here. And I'm like, completely, I'm not Bob Vila. This isn't like the Hispanic Bob Vila here. This is not happening, all right? I'm a little bit like a cross between uh, Charlie Brown and uh, um, uh, somebody really good. Okay, so <laughs> Bob Vila and Charlie Brown, maybe, right? So... I'm trying to figure this thing out. So we're putting up drywall. And, and there's times I'm like, I have, I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm watching these guys that are skilled at what they're doing. I'm like, wow, okay. So I'm learning. Let me, I'm, now I'm a little better at it. But when I first started, man, I was missing the nail. I'm like putting a hole in the wall. Like There was a hole here, guys. You might want to take care of that real quick. And walk away and just blame it on Clark or something. And, you know, just move along. Keep it moving. Because I didn't do it enough beforehand when you start doing it and doing it you get better and better and better and how do we approach this world and how do we become unstoppable if we don't even know how to pray beforehand how do we how do we serve an unstoppable god and live unstoppable lives if we stop at every chance we get so i want to tell you i want to give you two quick points here on how to live an unstoppable life. Because Paul told us to, to run like we want the prize. Here's the first thought. How to live an unstoppable life. Number one, don't become sluggish. Don't take it for granted. Don't sit around waiting for somebody else to figure this thing out for you. Yes? Is that good advice? It's good advice. Don't become sluggish. It is when we are the uh, when we are at this place of sluggishness that we we find ourselves defenseless. Hebrews writes this in Hebrews five eleven. It says concerning him we have much to say, and that it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. The writer of Hebrews actually starts rebuking in this letter the Hebrews, and he says. You stop listening. You stopped. And because you become dull of hearing, we've come to this place. It's hard to explain. You ever try to, and, and during this time right now, with our economy, with all the things that are happening in the news, I try to take moments with my children and explain a little bit of what's happening. Here's what's happening around us so they understand when they watch. I don't want my kids to be ignorant. 
I want my kids to be fully understanding as to what's happening. Do they fully understand everything on the front end? No. But that's okay. We, we start walking with them. But I don't want them to be completely ignorant to what's happening around them. We're living in the last days. Stop thinking that the children don't understand. They understand a whole lot more than you think they do. And they understand what you're saying even when you don't say it. Let's not be foolish and think that, that's not, that, that they don't understand. They understand. So don't become sluggish. And Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews, rather, mixes in this metaphor and he says how we can become sluggish or dull of hearing in this case. We are, uh, we are not of this world. How many realize that? We are just passing through. We are his, we are heavenly kingdom people passing through this earth. But while we're here, there's certain things he has us to do. We cannot be dull of hearing. So understand this. Hebrews 6, 11, and 12 says this, And we desire that each of you show the same diligence so as to realize that the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God wants you to inherit promises. This is the New American Standard Bible, by the way, version, in case you were wondering. I love some of the verbiage that is used here because I realize he uses that word sluggish again. And it could refer to a competition or it can refer to simply a pilgrimage like the children of Israel marching toward the promised land. Either way, either way, you realize that sluggish also uh, took place during um, the time that the people of Israel were trying to get to the promise and they were like, ugh. At least in Egypt, we had food. Are we there yet? Any parent know what I'm talking about? My kids like doing that like literally 10 minutes into the ride. And we got like nine hour trip. They're like 10 minutes in like, are we there yet? And I look up in the mirror, they're like. (laughs) They know it too. They know what they're doing. I realize that many of us do the same thing. We just kind of wait around. We know the answer, but we just want to be funny. We just want to be casual about it. There's no time for casual faith today, friends. Don't be sluggish. Step up and realize that God has a call for your life today. Amen? Don't don't respond like, eh, we'll get there when we get there. We need to realize that there's a plan that God has for us today. Amen? Give the, the alternative to sluggishness, which is partaking of the great things that God has for you. So number one is, what's, the, what's number one? Don't become sluggish. Number two, and this is my second point and final point. And I, wanna, I want you to understand this because I'm cutting this message a little bit short because we have baptism here. But train for godliness. Now, I want to I put emphasis on the word train. Train for godliness. What am I talking about? You have to practice the holy in order to live in holy practice. I'm going to say this again. You have to practice the holy in order to live in holy practice. You have to make, you have to decide that I'm going to do the things that my body doesn't want to do because we know it's right until it becomes a habit, a holy habit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Train for godliness in your life till it becomes a habit. You say, well, I don't just want to do it just to do it. Let me tell you something. Doing something for God and honoring him is never a bad thing. 
as long as you know that God is looking at the heart. Amen? Surround yourself with people that practice godliness, holiness. And it's interesting because he says, take a look at the text for a moment that we just read. He says two things. Run in such a way that you may win. In other words, be purposeful. Have a destination. Have a goal. Many people don't achieve holiness because they don't have a goal. They have no desire to really be holy. They just want to check off the box. I went to church Sunday. I'll see you next Sunday, pastor. I have no desire to be a part of any groups, any discipleship, any growth, any training. I don't even want to serve. I just want to show up on Sundays. Maybe I'll drop a tip. Because some people don't give to God or give back to God. They just tip God. Just enough to say, good to see you. They do that with money, they do that with minutes, and they do that with their mind. Your mind, your money, and your minutes determine your master. So if you tip God with mind, tip God with money, and tip God with minutes, he is not your master. Mammon is. You're just doing it to check off a box. But if he's the master, he is master of your mind, your money, and your minutes. He rules it. He is the center of it. So train yourself to be godly. And the second thing he said there was train so that you can discern good and evil. The biggest problem in our world today right now is that Christians are not discerning what is right and what is wrong. Hear me. Christians are not knowing what is right from what is wrong. The big picture is are people getting saved and are we representing him right? If people aren't getting saved, there's a possibility we're not representing him right. I thought I'd get an amen on that one. I'll keep working. The simplest meaning of good and evil, right and wrong, moral and moral, is based on your theology. The definition of what all these things that take place is based on your theology. Let me, let me close with this thought here. Let me close with this thought because I need you to hear me. You cannot get what you believe from me, man, your political party, an organization, none of that. You must get what you believe from the Holy Scriptures, period. That is not up for debate. That is not up for debate. You must get what you believe from the Holy Scriptures, from the Word of of God. And I realize this today that many are lost because they've forgotten that all those great musicians are great musicians because they practice, 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 and more practice. Practice makes, so by definition, more practice makes more. And so we realize that when we practice something, it gets better. You know this sports guy did what you did world record you know all these all these things right all these accolades whatever it is you understand that in order to break records you have to practice in order to be recognized you have to practice in the same way as spiritual beings we have to practice godliness so i want all of our candidates to come forward for a moment just stand here at the front all of our candidates that are getting baptized here we have a few candidates. Make sure you have your towel with you. Just come stand over here. Right where you're at. 
We have some people getting baptized today, and I want you to know something here today. That these individuals have said, I want to be baptized because I want to do what is obedient in the eyes of God. There are people that really want to know Jesus, and they're making steps, and these are just a few of those on Baptism Sunday. We're excited to baptize. Even if it was one, we will go through all of this just for one. Why? Because obedience is better than sacrifice. And that's what they're doing. So to each of you, Lacey, Todd, and Kevin, be unstoppable. You're here today because you have called yourself out. It's easy to call other people out, right? Hey, you, you didn't do this right. Hey, you, you didn't do your job right. Hey, you, you didn't do this. But guess what? We are here because God has called us to be unstoppable.